0: After being confined to the house for too long, Josh and Maria scoured the internet to alleviate their boredom. In doing so, they have created the ultimate innovation to the fan fiction experience. Fan friction.
1: Rate right and review. Please be nice. First podcast. Rate right it M just in case. All OCs. Disclaimer, we own nothing.
2: Hello and welcome to another episode of Fan Friction, the show where we read fan fictions in ridiculous and off-the-wall ways. My name is Josh. I'm Maria. And we are here to fuck fuck shit up. Always a good time when you're fucking shit up. Um, Hey, if you haven't already noticed, uh, we got new mics.
1: New mics! Yay,
2: new mics. So we are still kind of playing around with setting these things up, but the audi- audio quality should be a lot better than you're used to. Let us know. Again, you can always find us on Facebook and Instagram and write us letters.
1: Write us letters.
2: You only have a limited amount of time to write us letters because uh, we're going to be moving and you'll never find us.
1: Never, ever. Or we're just going to, you know, lose the ability to write letters because politics.
2: Down with the postal... System oppression. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to get into the episode here, guys. Um, so last week we talked about doing RPG games. We did. For our topic. Uh, Before we actually get into that, uh, if you guys don't know already, we were featured on a very good friend of ours podcast uh, just a couple days ago, uh, The Compass Rose by uh, Mr. Andy Android Atkinson. Um, He has an awesome show where he just kind of talks about uh, anything and everything that's relevant in the world today, and one of those relevant things is fan friction. Uh, So he and I went out, got some nerd tattoos for Portal, and then... Uh, Maria and I and Andy all sat down and did a fan fiction together.
1: I did not get a portal tattoo. She did not. I'm not part of the fam.
2: She's not a nerd.
1: Don't lie to them. She's, a, definitely she's a fake a nerd. nerd. We're going to see just how nerdy I am today because I'm going to be reading from uh, one of my favorite fan fictions ever. Well, not my favorite fan fiction, but my favorite one of my favorite universes Yeah, universe. Ever. Oh, goodness. Oh, wait. I got to go get the hat.
2: All right, so since the hat has now successfully been retrieved, everyone, you know what time it is. It's time for the, the hat, hat of
1: Wonders. Wonders.
2: Woo. Beautiful two-note chord. I want
1: to go first. Maria
2: is going first.
1: That is me. We have added
2: some things to the hat. We had way too many suggestions when we went to Andy's, so let's see what we brought back.
1: A happy German.
2: Finally, someone did the happy German.
1: I don't know if I could do happy German. Do,
0: do wash, do wash me, do wash me no smell.
1: If you guys haven't seen it, we did post a video of Josh in the shower. Uh, not like that, but totally
2: like that. I was a hundred percent naked.
1: But singing his wonderful cover of Du Hast, but it's Du Wash. So if you haven't seen that, check out our Facebook page or our Instagram. And I believe that video should pop up there for yeah.
2: Also, when you're done watching that, go to YouTube, look up the Melodica Brothers, and look at their uh, happy take on Du Host. They did a happy version of Du Host by Rammstein. It's wonderful.
1: I love all of their stuff. They also did a Way Too Christmas version of a corn song, and it's one of my favorites. They
2: did Freak on a Leash, right? I think that's what it was.
1: Yeah, I think it was Freak on a Leash.
2: Oh, Christmas Carols. All right, let's see what I got here. (laughs) Well, I will not be too far off from you because I got Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: Hooray! So,
2: Austrian and German and Getzel (laughs) Zschappa.
0: I'll be back. To the get to the chopper and then I will come back to to see what you are doing, and then I flex muscle.
1: Yep, that's it. And and you govern a you govern a state.
2: I did. I I govern I govern the state, <laughs> the state of Arnold.
1: I also saw. I forgot to show this to you specifically, but if you guys are on the internet, which clearly you are, uh, definitely check out uh, this place that sent. Arnold, this—it's uh, this pipe that looks like the Terminator, like
2: a like a pipe that you smoke, a pipe that with? you
1: smoke with, and it looks like the head of the Terminator on it. And they got in touch with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he's like, "Hell yeah, I'll buy this." And they're like, "Oh my god, no, we'll just give it to you." And he's like, "Well, at least I'll just give you a picture of me smoking out of it." And there's a picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger on the internet now with this this terminator pipe
2: (laughs) that is awesome i want a pipe that looks like my own head yep (laughs) (laughs) yep it's cool when arnold schwarzenegger does it not when i do it
1: nope you're not famous enough you're not androidy enough
2: how dare you (laughs) all right guys let's get into this um i know maria's super excited but i'm super excited so who's going first
1: uh you go ahead first cuz I got to think about what a happy german sounds like
2: <laughs> fair enough so then i have a i have two here uh i'll let you take your pick and which one you want to hear Arnold's terminator read so we have a mass effect fan fiction uh it's kind of basically garrus just talking about how great commander shepherd is like Garrus does even though he's a total bitch and like hates everything you do most of the time because he's like you're not being strict enough but whatever so we have that Uh, i also have a fallout new vegas fan fiction um basically if you if you've played new vegas at all have you played new vegas
1: no i haven't i think i've played fallout three and four
2: All right, so in New Vegas, uh, the game actually starts uh, with the main character dying. Um, You are brought out to a grave in the middle of the desert, and you're a courier. You were bringing something across the desert. It happened to be a poker chip. Uh, Somebody, like, catches you, takes the package, puts you in a hole in the ground in the desert, shoots you in the head, and that's where the game starts. (laughs) So this is kind of like a retelling. Yeah, it really is. It's And it's a platinum poker chip. You're like, I didn't even know what was in this. I don't know. I didn't know why I was even paid this much to even deliver this, but I just shut my mouth while I was taking the caps, and now this dude shot me in the head, left me a hole in the desert.
1: Wow. Well, all right. Well, where does that story pick up off? Uh, we're kind of
2: starting starting there with that whole retelling. Um, it's uh, a different kind of main characters. Like They made their own OC main character, uh, but kind of follows that same storyline.
1: Okay. Um... As far as the voice goes, let's see. Let's do, let's do New Vegas because, you know, like we were just talking about the Terminator and it's a post-apocalyptic game. So that kind of makes sense. So let's see what happens.
2: Excellent. Uh, so the kind of setup, there's a little bit more setup than just that scene I just described. Um, in this uh, particular story, uh, you're a girl named Joe. You're Jolene um
1: Jolene 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 Jolene, Jolene don't get to the, me in the head and take my poker chip
2: Yeah <laughs> So Jolene uh is a is a courier in uh the New Vegas world uh post-apocalyptic uh she's not really on a side of the NCR or the Legion she's just kind of her own independent person going through the wasteland um, she met this guy in a bar. He was, like, playing cards with a bunch of people, and he was winning. He's a big shot, and he had a cheesy, ugly suit on. And she's like, I bet you I can swindle this dude. <laughs> so she, like, sits down, plays some blackjack with him and the dudes, and she's one of those, like, w- one of those people that just is very charismatic. So she's, like, sitting down having conversation, and she ends up, like, starting to fall for this dude, even though she's trying to hustle him. And she goes back to his place with him that night,
1: that swanky suit it it kind of
2: <laughs> no <laughs> if you know anything about this suit it is not swanky um but she goes back to his place that night and they have amazing sex and then she gets a shovel to the back of the head and we're kind of gonna pick up from what happens after she wakes
0: up <laughs> <sighs> all right Joe watched in sheer unabashed horror as, she, as he reached into that awful fucking suit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so oh sorry, my Arnold. God. <laughs> he reached into that awful fucking suit and pulled out the package she was supposed to be carrying to Vegas. How had he known? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, this story was just made so much better. Keep going.
0: (laughs) Had she told him the evening's memories were only coming in beats and pieces, mottled somewhere between the amount of alcohol imbibed and the blunt force trauma of being knocked out by a shovel? I don't want to die. (laughs) Though the thought seemed petulant, even as it crossed her mind, she obviously had no choice in the matter wow that's that's fun on the throat, <laughs> despite craving the optimism she had felt before she left Sandy Sands and her family behind optimism that told her she'd be she'd be all right so long as she listened to her gut, she'd be all right, but she didn't she didn't listen to her gut and now. <laughs> <She did.
1: laughs> She didn't listen to her gut. She didn't get to the chopper.
0: (laughs) And now, she was to pay the price. You've made your last delivery, kid. His voice sounded nothing remotely remorseful from the fact that he was going to offer here, pushing that fucking chip back into his jacket. Sorry, you got twisted up in this scene. The gun came out of his suit pocket next, and Jolene could feel the blood pumping against her ears already. She closed her eyes tightly. I've got a little Scottish there for a second. Yeah. She closed her eyes tightly.
2: <laughs> that was the most un-Scottish that thing was, I've ever done.
1: Yeah. That was like Australian meets Scottish.
0: Australian Scottish Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Yep. It seemed stupid to cry. Crying wasn't going to help her whatsoever. <laughs> But,
1: Stupid.
0: <laughs> but she was terrified it wasn't fair even if she didn't listen to her gut instinct it wasn't fair she had to go out like this it took considerable control not to grovel in her tears letting only one escape from the corner of her eyes from where you're kneeling must seem like an 18 karat run of bad luck He pointed the gun at her head, and she could feel the reverberation from the hammer being pulled back into place. Truth is, the game was rigged from the start. She once thought that death was one of the scariest, most painful experiences you could force the human body through. In the waste, death was something you actively had to run away from. (laughs) Survival was such an important concept that everyone made it seem like the worst thing you could feel. Oddly enough... She felt nothing as the bullets went through her head.
1: Ouch.
0: (laughs) Within seconds, she felt the blood overwhelming and warm as she fell back into the dirt, eyes open and wide at the Mojave night. The sun was going to come up, and she wasn't going to see it. But the stars were beautiful as they flitted brilliantly across the near black sky. Joe still remembered the feeling of being tossed into the shallow hole, and the feeling of the dirt covering her within a matter of seconds. Her body was full of warmth, edging her closer and closer to the abyss that waited for her on the other side. It felt like falling asleep. I'm sorry, Dad. You were right. I wasn't cut out for life outside of the capital. And scene.
1: All right. That actually, that kind of hit me hard. I was like, oh, this poor chick. She, you know, made some poor choices and things like that. But now she's just, uh, you know, just bleeding out of her head watching the stars. But it's it's kind of beautiful. Like, there's some sort of gothic beauty about that where she's just like, oh, I guess I accept this. Ooh, star's pretty. I
2: think you really would have liked her uh, if you read, like, the beginning of the story. Because she kind of describes herself and, like, her hustling mentality. And she's one of those one of those sweet-talking people that gets what she wants just because she knows how to work people. Like, she's putting those darlings and sweethearts at the end of her sentences, trying to work men over, get, get all their money from them. And then she's like, my favorite thing about me is like an innate thing in my bones to like I have the confidence of being one of these like super beautiful women like with with a luscious body and all that even though I'm like a 100 pounds soaking wet stick covered in freckles and some dirty red hair but I but I port myself with this amazing confidence and I think that's my favorite thing about myself.
1: That's really awesome because it's really hard to find that within yourself, especially like even if you're deemed the most gorgeous person ever especially because of beauty standards it's really hard to now we're getting into like philosophical stuff here but um it it's really difficult to find that within yourself to get past any of those insecurities no matter how many people tell you that you're pretty you will still find that and to just present yourself as your best self and go past that people find confidence to be so much more attractive in that way. Not like you should be confident just so you're attractive to people. But, uh, yeah. I think insane.
2: that's that's one of my favorite things about um, both uh, the Old West setting of things and uh, post-apocalyptic. It's that that wasteland mentality where survival is of the utmost importance even though you're you're from like a it's not like back in caveman times when uh society hadn't been developed so you have all these societal pressures but survival is the utmost amongst them so you you force yourself to find that confidence in yourself because you have to be confident enough to survive that's i really like that about those those kind of settings in in some kind of s- in some stories.
1: Yeah. Would not like to live there. Would not like to live there. But I'd give it a shot. Makes for a good story. Oh yeah, what well, you would do fine. You're a dude.
2: <laughs> You'd do fine. You'd just kill people.
1: Yeah, but then I would get killed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Only if you get caught.
1: Uh, okay. Well, that was I I would say it's fun. I guess it was fun, but It's kind of fun. There was, you know, death kinda involved. Kind of sad
2: and depressing cuz we yeah. we all like that character.
1: So I'm going to go ahead and attempt to do happy German.
2: I am so excited for this.
1: It's going to be terrible because I don't know how to do a German accent. It's going to come out as like Swedish, like the Swedish chef mixed with some like, I don't know, happy Scandinavian lady because I can't do German.
2: <laughs> you know, Sweden's in Scandinavia, right? <laughs>
1: Yes, I do know that. So
2: it's going to be Swedish mixed with Swedish. More
1: Swedish. (laughs) Um, God, I wish I would have got Swedish now. Anyway, but we're going to give it a shot and we're going to see what happens. Um, I am going to be reading. I'm going to do half of this story now and then I'm going to do the next half of it just in a regular voice. Just so we don't we don't taint it too much uh, because it is a little bit long. But it's just so heartwarming. Now, my favorite, my f- probably my favorite of all time RPG universe Sonic is... Sonic Adventure. It's not an RPG, but nice try. Uh,
2: it kind of is. You got mm. like different characters with different strengths. You swap between. You raise resources in the form of Chows.
1: Yeah, but they don't really contribute to anything. Also, mean, RPG is a role-playing game, and you and don't you really play change the, role the sto- of. Anyway... <laughs> is Dragon Age. Uh, Dragon Age, I have played every single game. Um, the only thing that I'm missing, and I feel terrible about it, is uh, Trespasser. I never played the DLC Trespasser from Dragon Age Inquisition, so I'm a little bit upset about that. But I did just find out that there's a new game coming out, uh, hopefully uh, this upcoming next year, so 2021, um, and it's all going to be around Solas. And I'm really excited because I romanced Solas. And if you guys know anything, I'm not going to spoil it for Josh because he's never played this game. He's never played Inquisition. I played
2: like maybe an hour of
1: the first one. Yeah. So I'm just super excited because I romanced Solas. And for those of you who do actually know what happened with Solas... You know how soul-crushing that was for those of us who did romance Aww. him. So, I can't wait for this next game. Anyway, this actually has nothing to do with Inquisition. This is from Dragon Age Origins. I didn't want to leave Josh out of the loop too much. And we are doing a story with uh, Alistair and a Zebron. A whiny bitch. <laughs>
2: Zebron's He's... my dude, though.
1: No. I... <sighs> They're both great in their own special way.
2: Alistair is a whiny bitch.
1: No, he's adorable. He's a he's dorkable.
2: He's a whiny bitch. Shut up. <sighs> take the throne.
1: Anyway. <clears throat> so this is happy German. <clears throat>
2: happy German Alistair.
1: The moonlight reflected off the surface of the small... What are light.
2: you doing?
1: Shut up. I don't know. <laughs> The moonlight reflected off the surface of the small lake, water rippling from around its lone occupant. After enduring numerous comments regarding his body odor, Alistair (laughs) decided it was a good time to take a bath.
2: Yeah, Alistair looks like he would be a smelly dude. (laughs) Like, he looks like the dude that, like works up a sweat before going to the gym, works up a sweat at the gym, jogs home working up a sweat, and then, like, takes a shower in the sweat that was in his clothes as he's wringing them out. (laughs) You mean you? Yeah.
1: Okay. The lake was a brisk five-minute walk from the group's campsite, and he was desperate to make a good impression on his fellow warden, Alisa. His thoughts drifted to the rose in his pack that he'd picked up in Lothering. He was wanting everything to be perfect when he presented it to her. Now I'm suddenly turning uh, Italian for a second there. I don't know what's happening. You are all
2: over Europe right now.
1: (laughs) Generalized European accent. Thank you. Scrabby dub dub, he sang merrily to himself as he washed his muscular body with a small soapy cloth. He submerged himself in the cool water to rinse off the suds and submerged seconds later, crushing, clutching a small wooden duck. He Swim, a, little he, ducky. Hold on.
2: Hold on. He has a wooden duck.
1: He's got a little ducky for his bath. Swim, <laughs> <laughs> little ducky. The big bad monster is almost upon you. Arg! He reached over and grabbed a floating toy ogre he purchased from the trader, for which Morrigan teased him mercilessly.
2: Also, Morrigan is awesome.
1: Morgan is bae. She's awesome.
2: I would do unspeakable things to Morgan, And actually, I would probably just have to let her do unspeakable things to me.
1: Yeah, I think she'd be better at it than you.
2: <laughs> Realistically.
1: Her words rattled around in his brain as he continued to play. You know, she will never see you as a man until you give up such childish things. Yeah, well, at least I'm not an evil witch, snarled Alistair. Alistair. (laughs) Alistair. I think that's a different dude, (laughs) Alistair. Alistair to himself, before chasing the wooden duck with the ogre tori. Oh no, it's not just an ogre, it's an evil witch ogre named Morrigan. And she smells really bad too, like like stinky cheese and not just the good tasting stinky cheese but the nasty stinky cheese that nobody likes.
2: I'm so glad they made that distinction cuz I was just going to bring up good <laughs> good tasting smelly cheese.
1: That's one of the beautiful things about Alistair is that like he already knows that he's a fucking idiot sometimes. So he will preemptively tell you how he's not a fucking idiot after he just told you exactly how he's a fucking idiot.
2: Because he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Alistair was so intent on
2: his
1: (laughs) playful banter, he didn't hear the footsteps approaching. A blonde-haired elf appeared from behind the trees and stood at the edge of the lake. "'Hello, Alistair!' Zevron called out, amused look on his face. "'When you said you were coming down to the lake to take a bath and play with your ducky,' I did not expect you to mean exactly that.
2: <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I do believe that's a euphemism joke, kids.
1: <laughs> Alistair looked up and tried to hide his toys behind his back. Hey, what right do you have to invade another man's bath time? That's really rude. That's das really rude. Here we go. I'm getting back to the German now after being Italian for fucking ages. That's really rude. Um Did you see anything? Not to worry, my friend Zevron reassured him as he took off his boots. I didn't see you playing with your dolls again, and I will emphasize to your dear gray warden that that is the case as well. Good, Alistair crossed his arms and pierced his lips, and what do you mean by my gray warden? she's not anything she's not my anything zevron shook his head and continued to disrobe tsk tsk not true i see the way you look at her with those long lingering glances, and the way you sigh and hang on her every word you have it bad my friend but it is quite understandable she's a very sexy woman i bet you would love for her to play with your ducky no
0: oh snap
1: (laughs) She is more than welcome to play with my ducky if she wants to, Alistair replied, reaching out to pick the duck out of the water.
2: And Alistair's stupid again.
1: Suddenly his face turned red. Wait, we're talking about the dolls, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) Zevron laughed as he continued to disrobe. Surely the idea is not too undesirable. A look of horror flashed across Alistair's face. How dare you say such things? Elisa is a lovely woman, and I would never invite her to the lake to, to... Ah, to be youthful and innocent again. Zevron reminisced as he took off the last of his clothing. He put both hands on his hips, letting the moonlight illuminate him in all of his glory. I
2: bet he's hung like a fucking horse.
1: Oh, you betcha. I'd rather not discuss. Alistair began to protest before quickly averting his eyes upon noticing Zevron was completely naked. What in Andraste's name are you doing?
2: Taking a bath.
1: Can't you see this bath is already occupied? Zevron put his feet in the water and slowly crept in the direction of his protesting friend. Why not? This lake is big, is it not? We are both men. I don't see why we can't share it, unless you are embarrassed. It's okay. Many men are intimidated by my, shall we say, plentiful gifts. Alast- <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: how you got so good at killing people.
1: <laughs> Alistair sputtered, I- in- intimidated? I am perfectly happy with my gifts, thank you very much. Find your own lake. Zevron moved closer to where Alistair stood, a mischievous grin on his face.
2: I feel a ship coming on.
1: (laughs) His eyes moved from the top of Alistair's bare torso to where the water gave a distorted view of the goods below. Alistair screamed and placed both his hands under the water, desperately trying to cover himself. Don't judge me, the water is cold, he protested. Shrinkage and... A loud noise, growling from beyond the trees on the edge of the lake, rang out through the night and stopped them both cold. You you, you weren't expecting anyone else, were you? Alistair whispered. Maybe, I I don't know, a a bear? A, A giant spider? Oh, I hate spiders. Please don't be spiders, he pleaded as he placed his two index fingers in front of his mouth, mimicking Fangs. With all their hatty legs and, and sharp pointed teeth, I knew I should have checked the nearby caves for spiders. And seen.
2: <laughs> was that Alistair or Zevron?
1: No, that was still Alistair. Alistair, Alistair hates spiders.
2: Excellent. I'm like, because I, I would also, I could totally see Zevron as an awesome deadly assassin having like a weird fear like spiders.
1: <laughs> no, he has a weird fear of commitment. Fair. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what exactly happened with the accent, but I think it went full like Italian, like Mediterranean. You were something. just
2: you did a tour of Europe. That's what you did.
1: I know it was something. I I thought it was going to go Swedish, but it definitely went more Italian.
2: It went. It was like it started off kind of Swedish, like. But I don't. <laughs> I'm not really sure what all of the middle was.
1: That's okay. Nobody has to know, right? We didn't. Totally record the part where I said I was doing a German accent. No,
2: no. We'll go back and fix that later.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want to hear the rest of the story in a regular human voice now that we're on this adventure?
2: Kind of. Um, or do we want to give it a break and come back to it?
1: I don't know. Are you Are you nervous about what's in the woods?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> Not really.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, let's give it a break, and we'll come back to it. Cliffhanger! And uh, what else do you have for us, Josh?
2: All right. So I have uh, one more. It is a Mass Effect-themed story.
1: Yes! Bioware! Taking over the universe!
2: There were several actual uh, Dragon Age and uh, Mass Effect crossovers that I almost picked, um, and then I realized I don't want to do that. I just want to do Mass Effect.
1: Boo! Boo! I guess know. that's okay.
2: Um, almost went with Horizon Zero Dawn as well, but those those were almost like too serious. I was like, wow, this is this is heavy.
1: I know. Uh, I found a bunch of ones for uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. That's kind of why I went back to Origins too. Was that things were a lot lighter and fluffier with Inquisition because it is such an intense game. People just took it and they just ran with that intensity. And I was like, mm, I don't know if this is going to be fun or not. It's going to be fun to read later. By the way, um, before you go on, I'm sorry. Uh, I mentioned this on our podcast with the Compass Rose. But not only did we get new mics, but uh, <laughs> Andrew's uh, daughter taught me a uh, about AO3.
2: That is Archive of Our Own.
1: Yes, and I am apparently very old because I didn't know what that was.
2: <laughs> Neither did I, although I did some searching on there today, too. That's where my stories came from. And when I was going through, I realized that every once in a while when I go outside of fanfiction.net and I'm searching for something specific that I can't find, I usually get like routed to this site and I didn't even realize it.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't even know it existed. I'm old and I thought I, I got scoffed at. I legit got scoffed at by a 16-year-old saying, oh, my God, are you serious? You still use fanfiction.net?
2: What are you, like, 900?
1: Oh, my gosh. So that was something. She doesn't actually sound like that. She's pretty dope. But, yeah, no, that was that was a real wake-up call for me. It's like I was still using MySpace. <laughs> hey,
2: some people still have successful MySpace careers.
1: L- like I'm
2: pretty sure it's someone. Okay. Tom. Yep. Yep. <laughs> My <Yeah>. only friend. <laughs> All right, so I have some Mass Effect here for us. Um if you've ever played Mass Effect, uh you know about Garrus Vakarian, the Turian. Uh he was a C-Sec officer that is Citadel Security. Uh he was kind of fed up with the bureaucracy there on the Citadel and decided to leave with Commander Shepard. Uh, ...to go fight bad stuff in the universe with less red tape. <laughs>
1: Woo! He always liked talking about that red tape, man.
2: He brings it up in here as well. <laughs> so this is him just kind of talking about uh, why he likes Commander Shepard so much. Like, what about him and his acts and things? I don't know.
1: That's cute. Yeah.
2: It's great. To most, Commander Shepard was a man to be feared. If the Alliance deployed him, you knew trouble was on the horizon... They only dispatched their best, most reliable soldier if the situation was dire and failure was not an option. The man was well known for his victories, certainly, but he was infamous for the cost it took to achieve them. He pursued his goals with a ruthless determination that left even his few soldiers wary. Known as the Butcher of Torfan, Commander Shepard knew how to bring an enemy to heel. But more importantly, he understood what humanity faced as a fledgling species in a vast and dangerous galaxy. That is why the Alliance put his name forward as the first human specter. It's also why Garrus Vakarian decided to leave his career at CSEC and join the man's crew. Shepard knew what it took to get the job done and wasn't squeamish about following through with it. Few understood the demands of war. It rarely gave you the easy way out, and in order to truly protect the innocent, Someone had to make the tough calls.
1: So I want to stop you right there for just one second. Um, I take it that the reason why we fought with Garrus so much through our playthroughs was because we weren't renegade enough. And it sounds like from this story that this shepherd was very much renegade (laughs)
2: Yeah, you know, now that I think about, like, some of the things that Garrus and I would fight about, like, I think if I had actually gone renegade, he would have been all about it. Although Garrus is a fickle bitch, and he'd probably been, like, like all of a sudden turned into, like, a puppy, puppies and sunshine and rainbows kind of dude.
1: You're just mad that he stole Tali from you.
2: I will never forgive him. Oh, my mandible's stuck on her air hose. You, yeah, how to get there, Garrus? How to get there? Hmm? Huh?
1: You're adorable. I'm mad. <laughs>
2: A bullet to the head ensured an end to the sadistic plots of rapists and murderers, and despite what the executor may say, a war is exactly what Garrus felt like he was fighting and losing day in and day out on the Citadel. Criminals smuggled red sand and illegal weapons tech right under their noses, and CSEC was so hobbled by their own rules and regulations that suspects of even the most heinous crimes frequently escaped out into the galaxy. Finding out Saren had recruited an army of death and butchered a colony while his investigation was stuck behind a wall of red tape was a bad day. That's what stalling and paper pushing got you in the end. War. Better to eliminate the threat before it blossomed into arm of fucking Geddon. Shepard understood that on Torfan, and the flack the Marine, the Marine received from the press over the matter irritated Garrus like nothing else. Not to mention the fact that Shepard's malevolent reputation wasn't entirely deserved. On Pharos, he went out of his way to aid the colony. And as a result, they survived a particularly vicious attack by the Geth. Yet if there had been no other option, when the Thorian turned the colonists against them, Garrus knew Shepard wouldn't hesitate to put them down. Thankfully, it didn't come to that. But that was an exception, not the rule.
1: I definitely, when that mission happened... My first playthrough, because I did it wrong, I definitely ended up killing, like, a good portion of the people on that colony.
2: Shame on you. (laughs) I didn't go renegade, but I killed a bunch of innocent people. I didn't
1: mean to. It just happened. I made poor choices.
2: Clearly. (laughs) Some just couldn't accept that you needed people like that in the galaxy. People to do the dirty jobs. That's why Garrus followed Shepard to protect the galaxy and seen.
1: all right well go garris i mean i bet that shepherd's a lot more renegade than either of us ever were because it just sounds like he would do anything to get the job done and I, I definitely was a lot more peaceful than that
2: i mean i definitely fucked the batarians up <laughs> <laughs> i yeah oh. Uh, oh poor batarians
1: yeah I definitely made like I said like with the Thorian and everything on that colony. I definitely made some poor choices, but I didn't make them on purpose.
2: Shame on you. I'm sorry. Tarnishing tarnishing the reputation of the shepherd.
1: I went back after I did my playthrough. I did another playthrough and I fixed it. I didn't fix that last playthrough. You can't do that. This isn't Detroit Become Human.
2: No. I went through, I think I I spent a lot of time my second playthrough making sure that Rex didn't die.
1: <laughs> I still couldn't get him to not die. For some reason, there was something I was doing that just was not okay.
2: Oh man, two and three are so much better if Rex doesn't die. Oh my god. Reeve is an asshole He's and I hate
1: terrible. him. He's terrible. I hate him too. Okay.
2: But Pyjacks are cute.
1: Pyjacks! Oh, you know what I want? Uh, from Dragon Age, they're the little pigs, the little tiny little. What, I forget what they're called. Oh I God, it's been so long. These things. But when you're uh when you're in Orzammar, which is where the dwarves are, and you're underground, you see a lot of them. What, the, what are they called? They're tiny pigs. I Damn. didn't
2: even make it to Orzammar. You didn't? No.
1: Oh no. I think I went
2: like, uh, where did I go? I went to the elves, and fixed their werewolf shit. Yeah. Um, and then I think I was on my way to the city where the where Zevron came from. I think I was I was on my way up there.
1: No. Oh, uh, Denerim. Yeah. Because that's okay. where
2: the, the the Assassin's League was that sent him out or some shit. I think. Well, I don't know. It's been a while since I've played. From,
1: he's actually from Antivo, which isn't anywhere on that map. But, right, but I think he was like, hired through Denerim, yeah. I think.
2: So I think that's I was that was my next destination. I hadn't gone to Orzammar
1: yet. Yeah. We got to get back to playing that game. Oh, gosh. Okay, so we're back in my story. Welcome back. I hope you stayed for this because this this is fun. So we've heard a loud noise and growling beyond the trees.
2: We have a naked Alistair and a naked Zevron. And is Morrigan still there just watching?
1: Oh, no, she hasn't been there the entire time. But that she- was just what she had said previously.
2: Ah, gotcha.
1: There you go. She had told him that he was being a child for having dolls.
2: He is a child.
1: Okay, so... Yeah, and Alistair thinks it's spiders. He hates spiders. As quickly as the noise came, it stopped again. Alistair let out a deep sigh. Maybe it's gone now? A loud howl pierced, pierced the night. Alistair grabbed his ducky and held it close to his chest, panic on his face. Tiny bubbles rose to the surface of the water behind Alistair.
2: Wait, does he fart <laughs> when he's nervous?
1: Tisk tisk. Zevron shook his head. And here I thought Templars were, were trained to be mighty warriors. Not only, not ones to soil their trousers at the first sight of an enemy.
2: Good thing he's not wearing trousers.
1: Alistair furrowed his brow and frowned. Hey now, first off, I have no trousers on at the moment. Second... I just had a little too much cheese earlier, that's all. I can't help it if I'm lactose intolerant.
0: Stinky, tasty cheese.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the bushes near the edge of the lake started to rattle, shocking them both back into silence. Zevron reached below the surface of the water and pulled out a dagger. Zevron held his fingers up to his mouth. Where did you even have that, Zevron? <laughs> Alistair's eyes grew large. Zevron! Have you, complete, uh, you were completely naked in the middle of a lake. Where in the void did you get that dagger?
2: <laughs> in the void, if you catch my drift.
1: Zevron grinned and majestically thrust the dagger above his head. The lady of the lake, her arm clad in the purest shimmering samite, held aloft this dagger from the bosom of the water, signifying by divine providence that I, Zevron, was. Seriously, sometimes I think you're a bit more daft than Morgan's mother. Alistair interrupted, covering his eyes with his hand. Let's just say that it is a secret for another time then. Zevron winked at him. For I now. Smell
2: a ship. <laughs>
1: For now, I say, we find what's making all that noise. Come, Alistair. Now is the time to show everyone how big a man you really are. He glanced down and smirked, so to speak. Zevron sauntered out of the lake, water dripping down his back and motioned for his companion to follow. Not wanting to be stuck alone in the lake with monsters about, Alistair reluctantly followed, holding his ducky in front of his groin in a misguided effort to be modest.
2: That's so sad.
1: (laughs) I'm just picturing him like prancing along like, I don't want this monster to see my junk. (laughs)
2: Also, his junk can be covered by a small wooden ducky. (laughs)
1: Hey, no shaming. Uh, uh, (laughs) (sighs) Zevron crouched down next to the stump and turned to face him. Are you ready? Ready? Alistair responded, exasperated. Ready for what? In case you haven't noticed, we're both naked and there's some sort of terrible beast out there that's going to eat us. And before you say anything, I refuse to use my ducky in any manner of defense, you concoct.
2: You're gonna die instead of use your ducky?
1: Zevron wiggled his eyebrows suggestively. Funny you should use that word, but no, Alistair. I have no intention of touching your ducky. I know your heart belongs to another. Alas, such is the story of my life. He stepped out from behind the tree stump. Come out now, you vile creature. Come and meet your doom, for I, Zevron, completely naked and vulnerable, will match you in mortal combat. Mortal Kombat!
0: Round one. Fight.
1: (laughs) Really? A little dramatic, don't you think? You, my friend, lack style. Zevron grinned as he posed with his dagger, stretched out in one hand and his other hand at his side. Within seconds, they heard the rustling of leaves and the footfalls of a mighty beast running directly towards them. It leapt out from behind the bushes in a blurred mass, knocking Zevron on top of Alistair, both of them landing to the ground with a loud thud. Zevron howled with laughter as the slobbering beast licked his face. What is this? Alistair, with Zevron still on top of him, looked up to see that the beast was none, oth- uh, none other than Alyssa's Mabari Warhound. Why, you stupid, smelly beast! You almost made me soil my trousers. Well, if, if, uh, if I was wearing any. From further up the path, Alyssa appeared, holding her hand to her mouth in a futile attempt to stifle her giggles. If you two wanted to be alone, all you had to do was say so. I just asked that you not involve my dog. Alistair pushed Zevron off of him and stammered. Uh, uh, th- this, this isn't what it looks like. Unless, of course, this looks completely innocent. Then it's totally what it looks like. Seizing the moment, Zevron put his hand on Alistair's shoulder and murmured. Alistair, you hurt me with your words. It was such a beautiful moment, was it not? Alistair stood up with lightning speed. It's not like that. I mean, we, we were in the lake together, but not together together. We were just taking a bath, not a bath together. He held out his hands in front of him. You see, I was just playing with my ducky in the lake when Zevron joined. I didn't ask him. He just joined. He paused, his face becoming a bright shade of red. When I, when I say my ducky, I don't mean that kind of ducky. I actually meant my actual, actual ducky. Well, a wooden ducky. It's quite adorable, really, the, the, the duck. Alistair pointed to the stump where he laid the duck on top of his clothes and then looked up. Alyssa immediately averted her eyes. Looking down, Alistair realized he was standing fully exposed and quickly moved his hands to cover himself. Um, uh, uh, shrinkage, the water's cold. Yes, I, I imagine it is.
2: Just keep digging that hole, buddy.
1: <laughs> Alyssa replied, turning her head slightly to look at him. Um, if you, if you don't mind, I think I'm going to take the last bit of my dignity back to the lake and drown myself. Alistair turned on his heel and slowly descended back into the water. Alistair, Zevron called out playfulness in his voice. I realize this may not be the best time to ask, but would you like me to finish scrubbing your back? And scene.
2: Oh, Zevron.
1: (laughs) This is such a thing that would happen between these two characters. It absolutely is. And that's why I needed to read all of it to you.
2: I would love to have that kind of thing happen between me and Zevron. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, he yeah, y'all would be open to it. Except you got to worry about him like killing you first.
2: Eh, some things are worth it.
1: Y- yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> At least he'd do it like properly. It wouldn't leave me to like slowly bleed out and die painfully over days and weeks.
1: Uh, I mean, if he was feeling good that day.
2: Oh, I'll make him feel good. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, that was the end of that. Um, (laughs) So what's our theme for next time? I don't think we even talked about it.
2: We didn't, as usual. (laughs) We just got here and we're winging it. Uh, Mm. I'm
1: looking at all these games that I'm sitting right next to.
2: You know what? I haven't searched up, but I think would be really cool because the story is pretty non-existent to begin with. What? Jet Set Radio.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess we could do that. I don't know. Ugh.
2: I mean, yeah. I there's there's I some story there's there. There's gotta
1: be some. There's gotta be something out there.
2: Like if you look into the lore, like there's this like ridiculous amount of lore to the game. So I imagine someone took that and ran with it.
1: Yeah. You know what? Screw it. Let's let's do uh let's do Jetset Radio.
2: Understand understand understand, understand 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 the concept of, of love. Be-de-de-doo.
1: Thanks guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much.
2: You can hear more of our video game Dreamcast covers um in our upcoming album that we'll never release. Yeah. <laughs> so no you can't, never mind.
1: <laughs> Alright, so I think that's about it. Uh next week you'll be hearing some Jet Set radio. And uh but that's all our time for today. Yeah so as always, there's good fiction.
2: There is bad fiction.
1: But there's nothing quite Like Like fan fan (laughs) fiction.
2: Wait, fan friction. Wait, what is it? Anyway, bye.
1: Bye.